Hey guys, it's Morgan here. I just wanted to say a few things before this conversation gets started. First of all, wow, holy guacamole. This is the first ever episode of the Brave Love Podcast. This has been on my heart to start for a very long time and I really truly just felt like the Lord was saying, do it now, so here I am. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so excited that you're here and I am so excited to be here. I also just wanted to mention that if you know me, you know that I really love to keep things upbeat, happy, and fun. However, during this conversation, we do bring up some hard things, but they are also very important things. With that being said, I pray that you will be open to listening and learning as Danielle and I both listen and learn together. Here is my conversation on racial reconciliation with my good friend, Danielle. I miss I miss that so much and we cannot leave Ellen out because Ellen yes. is three of us getting together in my little dorm room and just asking Jesus to come. It was amazing. Yes. <laughs> How we left the end of the year ENC party to go pray underneath the cupola. We just <laughs> didn't care and intercede. That was the craziest moment. Yes, that was so, so good. Yeah. So Danielle, I love you so much. Uh, why don't you tell the podcast, our mini, mini listeners. <laughs> who you are. Well, my name is Danielle Moxley, but I guess just who I am is, I don't know, I have an aspiration to have my nonprofit off the ground to encourage young women. As of right now, that's the target audience. It's called You're Not Alone at the You're Not Alone on Instagram. You try to follow the You're Not Alone.com for the website. And our whole mission is just like, tell your story, change your life. And really just realizing that no matter what you go through, you are not the only one going through it, but instead there's somebody with you. But in addition to that, God is always with you because the word says he'll never leave you or forsake you. So that's a little bit about me. Oh, and then my dad, like I, my name is Danielle. My little brother's name is Daniel and my dad's name is Daniel. So, <laughs> you know, it's a fun household. They need to know that. Do <laughs> names ever, when you guys are saying each other's names in the house, do people get confused? All the time. Listen, they used to hit us up. You. I'd be like, Daniel, Daniel. I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> Me. All right. We're just going to go. We're going to go. <laughs> like, Oh my goodness. So a lot has happened in the year of 2020. Not only have we experienced lockdown quarantine mode because of COVID-19, now we are having to kind of relearn and navigate this new like out back out in the world I don't know about you guys in Maryland are things starting to open back up there oh girl we in lockdown I'm joking we're in phase one now supposedly but like nobody's trying to go out we're all just looking at each other (laughs) we're supposed to be going to phase two very soon but Maryland has been on lockdown I'm also in Montgomery County that may be TMI but we were on lock lockdown like stay at home order in place till a week ago so we're all like yeah What's out yeah. there? <laughs> Things are just now starting to open up here in the Nashville area. However, you know, everybody is still like very nervous to get mm-hmm. out. Um, but not only that has happened, uh, we've had some just terrible things going on in the news and just very, life is hard right now. Mm-hmm. Life mm-hmm. is hard, especially with the recent death of 
George Floyd. Man, I don't know about you, Danielle, but I really have felt like just a shift since the death of George Floyd. Um, as tragic as it is, I do feel like this happened and people are finally recognizing that we need change, including myself. No, yeah, I, when all the news broke, I remember telling girls in my life group and just friends in general, I was like, I'm sad this is happening, but because we're in quarantine, because COVID is ravaging the world, people have no choice but to look and mm -hmm. actually realize that uh, life is not as great as we thought it would be it, or we thought it was, but instead we can't turn away because there's nothing to distract us anymore. So this is actually like in your face all the time. And so it, ha it has been crazy that is few so weeks. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that it would be different if we weren't quarantined? Do you think that it would be easier to kind of just push it aside? Oh, most definitely. And that's why like, even us going into quarantine, a lot of us started doing self-evaluations, realizing that maybe the way I was living my life wasn't so great. We were ripping and running, going to work, not really sleeping, not really seeing our families. But with us slowing down, we really had a chance to do a heart check, a mental check on everything. And so I feel like these just quarantine definitely and COVID definitely played a part in the way that this has blown up to the degree that it had. Yeah, for sure. So today we're just going to talk open and honestly. Danielle and I are close, so we are okay with asking tough questions and even hearing tough answers. So Danielle, I just, I want to first of all, thank you so much for just taking the opportunity to speak to me and also speak to the people listening and help educate us. You don't have to. It's not even your responsibility to educate us, but just thank you so much for taking the time. And before, I do want to say, and I'll let you say anything that you want to say before we get started with the conversation, but we, we love Jesus. And so before we start anything, I, I want to make sure that everyone knows on this podcast that our, that our only hope and ultimate hope is only and solely in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And that is the only way that we will be unified and everything will be reconciled um and also that we don't have all the answers we're not claiming to have all the answers we might even make mistakes within this very conversation so please just give us grace let this be a time where you don't criticize you don't judge but you listen and just have grace on us too. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And then also realizing that because we both, like you said, love Jesus, we have more in common than we think, even though we look totally different. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're fighting the same fight without, but we're just coming at it from different angles. But ultimately like the goal is to just like make him known and let people know that you're not alone in the midst of all this. So yeah. And then also just know that I'm only speaking from my experience. I cannot speak for the whole black community. I refuse to even act like I can speak for the whole black community because there's things that they, other people I've went through that I will never go through just because of where I live, just because of what I grew up in. So, yeah. yeah. 
I'm just going to jump right into it. And Danielle, the first question that I want to ask you is, when was the first time that you experienced racism? I guess the first time I can remember was when I was in middle school. Um, I guess that's when we first started learning about slavery and everything a little bit more in depth than what they tell us. And I just remember hearing this wild little rumor that this boy had said something about me. And I remember like, we were just learning about lynching during that time too. So, you know, it's already a sensitive mm -hmm. topic. I also grew up in a town where there's not a lot of black people at all. Sometimes, quote unquote, we become like the token because you would see maybe one or two of us in a classroom at a time. And I had got wind that this boy had said that he was going to um, lynch me and light me on fire. And it was one of those things where you hear and you're like, that's not true. So I remember I went up to the boy in the cafeteria and I said, hey, what did you say about me? And he looked me in my face. He said, he was like, I said I was going to lynch you and light you on fire. And it was just one of those moments where you just went and you went, you, it kind of scarred me in a sense because like, he didn't realize just the gravity what he said like yeah we had just learned about it in class but this dude this boy i just realized saw it that like my life didn't matter in that moment mm -hmm. so like that's one moment that kind of resonates within me or just like high school one another moment just like being in class talking about slavery and affirmation and again being the only in class and everybody looking at me and it just got, we were watching some video and it got so heavy because I was like, I'm the only one in this class again I have to fight for. And it, since it felt like the whole population or the, all the other black people. And I remember I walked out of the class and my teacher came up after me, maybe 10 minutes later and I was just sitting in the hallway. And he said, Danielle, people don't change, they die. Mm -hmm. And that was like an echo in my head over and over again. This was like an older white male. Like he was such a great teacher, but yeah. that was his way of being like, I know it sucks right now, but a lot of people are not going to change. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. I mean, I cannot say that I've ever experienced that. Um, wow. Okay. So the next question that I want to ask is how do you feel, like, just how do you feel in this very moment after seeing the video, after seen riots and protests um the news how how do you how are you feeling right now i think half of me is tired because it's a lot it's a lot for videos to be played over and over again and you know you're hurt i'm hurting because nobody's listening it feels like or not enough people are listening and since they're not listening people are going back and forth and pain and they're hurting each other even more and it's it's a really really sad time especially a little bit like a ptsd too seeing a video over and over again and then in this cycle with everything happening older videos are resurfacing so it's like a scab that we thought we had moved on from is being brought back up so just like a lot of emotional lows <laughs> going yeah. over and over again yeah I was talking to someone about this and we were just talking about it and I was talking about how sad I was and they were like well it's a privilege that you're sad at least you're sad and you're not scared mm -hmm. and I was like that is totally a part of the white privilege that I have um do you feel scared like 
just doing day-to-day things, do you feel scared? Because I know that I don't feel scared when I go on a run, Mm -hmm. but that's not, that could not be the case for, you know, my Black brothers and sisters. Yeah. Um, It was definitely, yeah, for a little bit. I remember after watching that video, I was definitely like running, walking through my neighborhood and I just went, wow, do, do they see me as a threat in this neighborhood? I mean, I've lived here almost all my life, but do I see me, do they see me as a threat? And then watching a lady in a car who I've never seen in the neighborhood, like duck down in her car to hide, get out, hide from me. I was like, wow, like, what does this mean? Um, am I scared? I want to say no. I really do want to say no. I feel like I have to make an even bigger um, awareness or space to let people know, like, I'm not gonna, you know, do anything wrong. I am peaceful and stuff like that. Like going into stores and things like that. So I don't think I'm scared, but I think I'm super duper aware. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You have to be, I mean, you have to be cautious about every single move and and every single word that you say. Yeah, the term we talked about is, I learned in my African-American studies class called double consciousness, where you have to be aware aware of how you see yourself but then also how the world sees you. Mm. And that's the realm that a lot of people tend to float in. Yeah. No, wow. Okay, so another question that I wanted to ask you is, why is saying God is colorblind, which not only have I said this in the past, but I also know people who say it, um, or I don't see color, we're all the same. How is that unhelpful? I feel like saying God is colorblind is to say that you don't really enjoy his creation, at least for me, because I'm like, we are all different shades of skin colors up and down. I mean, even the flowers are different, different colors and we find such beauty in them. And if we really believe like God made us, handcrafted us from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet, then it would also mean that he took time to make each of our skin colors make our eyes the way that we talk about how pretty eyes are. Let's talk about how pretty our skin is. And so I don't think that like he's colorblind because if that was the case, we'd all look alike. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Have you ever had someone say that to you? Like, I don't see you as, I don't even see you as black because I don't see color. (sighs) Yeah. And the weird thing is I didn't realize how detrimental it was until I got around other people who look like me because and also when I watch the hate you give just because there's a scene where she said if you don't see color you don't see me Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize that as much as we try to say no you're a Christian but yet our skin color and everything is a part of our identity as well it's a part of how the world treats us like yes God may look at us one way but the world treats us a different way just because of our nationality our race our demographics and so yeah yeah. (laughs) No, that's good. So Tuesday, it's Thursday now, but Tuesday was Blackout Tuesday. A lot of people put black squares on their Instagram. I don't know about you, but literally my whole entire feed was just black squares. And I wanted, I know that I called you about this Mm -hmm. on Tuesday because I wanted wisdom from you. First of all, because I participated in it and 
the last thing that I want to do is be unhelpful. Like I, I'm finally speaking up for this and I'm ashamed that like I'm saying I'm finally speaking up for this, but I really do feel a strong conviction to speak out and that silence is no longer an option, even if it makes me uncomfortable. Um, but hearing from even people within the African-American community that, that it, that's not doing anything. Can you help me understand that and, and what, what should we be doing? Yeah, um, so I do not know the origins of where Blackout Tuesday came from, but I do know, I guess, by the time the trend started getting the ball rolling behind it, it really was just a time to bring awareness. So you would stop posting your original feeds to bring awareness to like the Black Lives Matter movement. I didn't see anything wrong because I was thinking that if this is one way to have a conversation, then have the conversation because I know it did push a lot of people to start donating. They were donating to underprivileged stuff or just um, campaigns that they actually agreed with that stood with them. Like people were taking the time to educate themselves all around from their politics to their social circles to even the brands that they support and realizing that maybe I shouldn't support this brand anymore because they don't agree with the same fundamental human rights that I agree with. Mm, yeah, that's good. Speaking of Black Lives Matter, another thing that I wanted to ask you is people will push back and say, well, all lives matter. All mm -hmm. lives matter. It's not just Black Lives Matter. What do you think about that? I think for the people who feel like all lives matter, they've missed the point of Black Lives Matter. But I think it's just a fundamental problem within your heart because nobody's saying that all lives don't matter. What they are saying is that in the world standards, right, black lives have not mattered. Mm -hmm. And we're just asking for to be more attention to be brought to them. Because I literally have told so many people lately when all this stuff started picking back up again, that I was fearful to bring a child into this world, knowing that whether they are fully black or half black, the world will see them as black. And knowing that I have to live with that and teach them to grow up in a certain way that they are not at killed because of, or discriminated against because of their skin color, because they will face discrimination. So toughening up their skin, or even just thinking about my little brother and how like, he's 15 and he's in the midst of all this stuff and he's oblivious to it right now, but like for the rest of your life, it's gonna affect him and he's, mixed you know and he's gonna have a different struggle to walk through um I think that yeah I just think it's um people don't want to see something because a lot of times we get so used to being comfortable that to hear that we're uncomfortable and to lean into it they're like I want to do that but Black Lives Matter is just saying hey come step over to my side for a second let's talk about it and maybe we can come to a general consensus that yes this is not okay so what can we do to meet in the middle? But I feel like people think by saying that, they're saying that they have to sacrifice everything that they um, fundamentally believe in, which is not the case. We're just asking for a, you know, a common ground. Has there ever been a time in your life where you felt like you did not matter? I think a lot 
before I was fully invested in my relationship with God that I did question yeah. really do I matter because there's all this stigma surrounding like don't be that angry black woman don't do this stuff so you're told to not make noise not to make space but when I really came to know like I am created by God everything about me is great like even my personality and everything then I was okay with it but I know what I just talked to a friend who she said for the first time she finally feels like she is being seen. And I was like, and she cried and we're, she's got everybody else crying as we're listening to her talk because it's like for so many other people, we felt like we didn't matter. That yeah. if something happened to me, nobody would care about me. Yeah. And it's sad. Yeah, that is really sad. Um, what can we do to show brave love to our community and and how can how do we as the church need to step up in this season i think honestly it's just by having the conversation because i know for a lot of churches um sometimes they're not diverse but it's also because of the location that they're in you know if you're catering to a specific population we all have a target audience that we're going after and if we don't make it a priority to have a diverse target audience, then we are going to miss the mark because we get comfortable being where we used to be. And it's, I mean, it's not a bad thing, but God doesn't call us to be comfortable. Yeah. And I mean, we see it over and over again in the Bible. Like Jesus is not, <laughs> he is challenging the status quo. He's talking at the, with the woman in the well. He's talking to the debt collector. He is doing all the things that people thought he shouldn't be doing that. And I think it's just leaning in, if that is diversifying your staff and realizing like, hey, you know, maybe I, I need some other voices in here, whether from ages to different races too, to just give you a different perspective. Because if all you know is one type of lifestyle, you are oblivious to another lifestyle. But it's not your fault because that's all you've ever been exposed to. But when you begin to open up that um, sphere, you begin to let more creativity in. I also want to say, like, be okay with making a mistake because of the fact that this is such a sensitive conversation and topic that, I mean, even right now, we are probably making mistakes as we're talking about it. But for some people, like, they don't agree with us. But it's okay because of the fact that this is an opening that a conversation is going to have to keep happening. So not to turn a blind eye to it and realize that, like, he's, like God created all of us. He loves all of us. He cares for all of us. I mean, he weeps with all of us. So with that being said, let's really embrace him to the fullest. And it was sometimes too, it's having, knowing people who don't even have the same faith as you, because you can't really understand some, where somebody's coming from. And they say, you don't know somebody unless you walk a mile in their shoes. But if you never even have a chance to get to know them, like, I don't know what it's like to hunt. I don't know what it's like to go mudding or any of that stuff. But I have had deer jerky because somebody else allowed me to have that. Like little <laughs> things like that. It's just really would be talking and getting to know somebody. What would you say to someone who feels like I can't do everything, so instead I won't do anything? Um, I would say, honestly, you're in a normal space because it is overwhelming. But the first thing you can do is you can start praying because a lot of times the battles that we are facing are spiritual. I mean, Ephesians 6 talks about it. We yes. fight against principalities, not against flesh and blood. Exactly. And I think we some we sometimes 
diminish the power of prayer, not realizing that prayer is the only way that people's hearts change. We don't change people's hearts, God does. And so we try to shake our fists and angrily yell and scream, not realizing that like, calm down, it's okay. I know you're angry, it's okay to be angry and you are justifying your anger. But let's first pray about it and then move from there. Yeah. So it would just be like praying and then just start talking for the ones who don't know, be like, hey, I do not understand what's happening. Can you please let me know? And then being okay if you say something wrong. You are not perfect. Perfection is an unachievable illusion that leaves us dissatisfied and incomplete. Constantly. Oh, you're preaching. Girl, listen, <laughs> perfection, like so many people, like myself included, we are, it is impossible to be perfect. Only God was perfect. Only Jesus was perfect. So we need to let that go. Throw it away. You're not yeah. perfect. We'll never be perfect. It's okay. <laughs> Try your best. That's all we're asking. <laughs> Y'all, this is why I love Danielle. Okay. I'm looking through my questions. You, I think you had a couple of questions that you wanted to ask me. Yes, I did. Because I felt like, oh, wow. This would have been so crazy. I wanted to know, um... What did you think when you first saw the video? I just got so angry. Um, because there is no, I mean, there's no part of me that was like, that's okay. I mean, every part inside of me was screaming, that is so wrong. First of all, why? That is a human that you just killed. And I saw the video of Ahmad and I, that made me so heartbroken and sad, but then this video just made me really, really angry. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was, and I feel like that's kind of the shift that has happened, and it feels like a lot of people have been stirred up by this, um, but yeah, that's how I felt. Well, yeah. How have you been dealing with the diverse opinions of you posting, you know, Blackout Tuesday? How have you been dealing with that? I think that the biggest thing for me, so, and also you, you know this, but I will tell the podcast that I, at Brutwood, I work for a church and I run their social media. So there are eight campuses and I also posted it on all eight campus pages, um, we got permission from the campus pastors and then our senior pastor. We also posted it on his page as well. And then I posted it on my personal page and um, I did get some, you know, comments. But I think for me, just knowing like the heart behind what I'm doing has the Lord looks at the heart, right? And so God knows my heart. And also I think the biggest thing has been actually having conversations with my black brothers and sisters and hearing, you know, yeah, this, this actually will be good for you to post or for you to be involved in because it's showing your support. It's showing that you want to take a step. Um, so I think, first of all, realizing, taking inventory of where I am 
in what my heart is doing. Second of all, going back to scripture and knowing like we are called to speak out for the voiceless. And then three is just always getting wisdom from those who are wiser than me pastoral advice um and friends who I look up to spiritually you being one of them um no so yeah those are the three the three things that have helped me during this time also knowing that my identity is in Christ and not in people's approval because for so long I mean I am a people pleaser to the core Mm -hmm. and especially now like as I get older I realize there are decisions in my life that I'm going to have to make that are going to either change people's opinions about me or make people upset and I and I have to take a stand because if I don't take a stand then I'm also taking a stand oh yeah you literally when you said the identity part it just reminds me that we are our biggest critic nobody else but when we allow somebody else's opinion to come in, like we're already shutting down what we should be doing. And there's so many things that we probably wouldn't have done with our lives if we listened to those voices. I told my friends, I was like, why is it that we count ourselves? We say all the time, what if I fail? Never, what if I succeed? Mm-hmm. And I even go to posting something. Anytime you stand up for something that you believe in, you're always going to meet controversy. But if you know in your heart that what you meant you said what you said and you met what you met and it aligns with what you believe, then you shouldn't have to answer to anybody else because you are the only one who has to stand before God and answer for what you died. Yeah. And I think we have forgotten that because we're so quick to want to please everybody and be a people person, be loving and everything, but they don't have to go before God like you do. They don't have to answer yeah. for him like you do. So yeah. It's so and. <laughs> Danielle, it's so funny because I remember when I first called you about all of this before Blackout Tuesday even happened, and I was just like, okay, number one, how are you? Number two, what do I, what do I do? What do I do? Because I really was not sure, and it is very hard for me to, like, make statements and and do things that are going to stir, stir things up, and you said, well, if you, if you really are ready to take the step then then you have to be ready for the comments and the criticism mm-hmm. that you might get from it yeah you were right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it doesn't change the fact that I know that I couldn't be silent and I know that I had to take a stand yeah I think mean, it just makes us think back like when you open the bible everything that Jesus did was opposed so it's like yes. if he is getting opposed you don't think anytime you make a statement, you're, you would you better than him? Like, you gotta <laughs> exactly. get up, you're gonna have to fight, fight your own enemies as well. Like, and uh, it's just funny because I think all the time about, which is great, like, speak up. If you think I'm wrong, speak up, but let's have a conversation. Don't yeah. just talk at me, talk with me, please. Yeah. Educate me. Yeah. And then let me educate you. Yeah. Because, no, that's so good. Has any, like book of the bible verse in the bible or story within the bible been encouraging to you specifically during this time i know i'm putting you on the spot right now i honestly i think (laughs) it reminds me of graduating college i wrote um on my cat 
I wrote always offerings, never defense, Ephesians 6. And that's always just about the spiritual armor. And literally, well, not all of it's about spiritual armor, but you know, parts of it talks about the spiritual armor. And I think it's just a verse about like, we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. And then Romans 8, 28 says, for all things works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose and plan. And I just think those, those two, because it's like, no matter what I go through, like God still has me and I'm not fighting you no matter if it feels like I'm fighting you because you are coming at me in a negative way. I'm yeah. not, my battle's not with you though. My battle's with an enemy who doesn't realize that I already know that he's defeated because when God said he is finished on the cross, he meant oh. it. So we're fighting <laughs> from victory, not for it. Oh, I oh. keep telling myself over and over again, I fight from victory, not for it. Yes. Always offense because we already know the end result. Not it's not gonna be anything else. We won. You lose. He that won. So so our ball. I love that. <laughs> One verse in particular that's been standing out to me during this time is it's first John verse four twenty. It says, If anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For whoever does not love a brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Mm. Woo! So yeah. then, so then it's breaking down, okay, what does it mean to love? What really, like, and truly, I can't just say, oh, I love you. Like, I have to actively, love is a verb. Like, you have to mm -hmm. express it through your actions. And so God's been walking through that right now. That's why I wanted to start this podcast and call it Break Love because there are so many times in our life when love and, and the way that God calls us to love takes so much boldness, courage, and bravery. And I think that right now, especially, God is calling us to get out of our comfort zone. Um, pray prayers that we've never prayed, you know, make friends with people who are different than us. Mm -hmm. Exactly what you were telling me. Have you made any friends who are different than you in Tennessee? It was so easy for me, me to make friends who were different than me at ECU in college. But now that I'm in Tennessee and I work for a church, it's like I'm in my little church bubble, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, do you have anything else that you just want to share? Oh, I guess if anything else, I would say let's take this time to lower our guards and listen to what somebody has to say, because by listening, you may find out that somebody, you guys are more unique than different or more alike than different. And we're not com nobody's coming from a place of wanting to hurt anybody but sometimes that gets lost in transition when all the voices are talking so for once I would say if you haven't been doing this put your guard down and let somebody talk talk to somebody who doesn't look like you who doesn't have the same belief as you who y'all don't nothing you have nothing in common but talk to them because you may find out there's more in common than you think how, especially, okay, so during this time, how do you go about making friends with someone who is different than you 
but making sure that your motives are pure and your intentions are pure. I think it starts with just having a friendly face in a sense. So yes, we're in quarantine here, but I still go to work. And it will be just a random conversation that I'll have with the person I see for only three hours. How are you doing? What are your life goals? I've never been somebody who does um, shallow conversations. I'm always like, Me neither. <laughs> yes, because we can't do those. We can't, we're not surface level people. We got to get to the root. <laughs> so it's literally something that starts off by like, how is your day? But genuinely caring too when you ask somebody, how is your day? Mm-hmm. And then remembering the next time you see them. So if they said, yeah, you know, I was really struggling, blah, 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 about something. The next time you see them, you come back with saying, hey, did you get over that? How did, what was the outcome of that situation? Because that begins to build those deeper relationships. And then when you guys are comfortable, you can have conversations like, do you want kids? Like, what, your, <laughs> what is the thing that you've learned about life? Like, I'd be asking random questions. Like, oh, I start right. saying, what one of them would be like, if you could be any dessert, what would you be? That was my surface level yes. question. I have a great one. It was, if you could be a part of any TV show family, which TV show family would you be in? <laughs> I want to be Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I want to know what it was like to be Hillary and just like, daddy, like, I just want to know. I feel like that'd be a great life and Will would be a clown and I would love every moment of it, having him as my, my family. That is so amazing. Oh <laughs> okay. So I do uh, one more question because just talking about making friends with people who are different than you. I also like lately, ever since this has happened, I've just felt like every time I see an African-American, I literally just want to like run up to them and be like, I'm on your side. And I know that is so inappropriate. I cannot do that. (laughs) But like, (laughs) how... How do you go about, like, appropriately letting someone know that you, like, you are with them, you stand for them, you you stand with them, and that they do matter without, without, like, being insensitive, you know? Because I know that people are still processing what's going on right now. Honestly, I think it's just, like, letting your actions speak louder than your words because of the fact that we don't, you can share the post, you can do that stuff, but it means nothing if your heart's not behind it, like you had said earlier. And I was telling my girls, I said, the goal is not to be the loudest person in the room. The goal is to have something so important to say that everyone gets quiet to hear it. Mm. And so with that, you just have to, you know, make changes where you can make changes, whether that is um, politics, voting, donating where you feel like you should donate talking to people that you feel like you need to talk to speaking up when you see things or you're just like hey i realized that um we need somebody else's opinion before we make this decision do you guys know of anybody else who doesn't look like us stuff like that because yeah i don't need I, that would be weird for me even if i didn't know you came i'd be like i love you i want to be part of you oh girl that's great but what are you doing i feel like that's where a lot of people are stuck at they're letting it just be a post but we're like, yeah. no, do more than a pose. Yeah. Actually put your feet behind it. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's so good. Okay, so after we end this conversation, what do you think should be the next action step? I feel like a conversation is not enough. 
yes. a conversation was the start. You have to keep having the conversation because, you know, we both are communication majors. Mm -hmm. We get in this cycle. Once something is gone from the news, we don't talk about it anymore. But yep. for those people who have lost their family members, that follows them for the rest of their lives. There yeah. are certain things that we can't turn off. So this has to be something that goes longer than the news cycle. This has to be talked about. This has to be changed. Things have to be changed. Questions have to be raised. Politics have to be changed. Things have to move in such a way that this, when we look back, we can look and say for the future generations that we fought to make sure that you never had to go through something that we went through. I mean, the goal is like heaven says, it's gonna be diverse tongues and every different people are gonna be up there. So why don't we fight for heaven on earth right now? Woo, girl, <laughs> preach. She can <laughs> preach y'all. <laughs> that's a good word. No, that's so, that is so good. I love that. I love one conversation is not enough. It has to be, it has to be ongoing, just like your relationship with Jesus. I mean, yep. seriously, in order to have a personal relationship with Jesus, you have to have multiple conversations with him. Not only that, you cannot be the only one talking in the conversation. You mm -hmm. have to be willing to listen to him because he's got a lot to say. And man, the best times and, and, and some of the loudest times that he speaks is when we are most quiet. So yeah. I told, um, I told one of the girls closest to me, I said, we are in the most toxic relationship with the savior, with us being the toxic person. I said, we will go weeks without talking to him. We will turn our back on him. We would just live our best life. And then when we want something, we'll turn around and be like, Hey, just so you know, I want this. Can you pray for my job? I want my, I need this raise. I need some more money, stuff like that. But I said, the great thing about him is that he does not care. He sits there with his arms open wide, just saying, come back to me. So no matter how far you turn away, no matter how far you walk away, if you go weeks without talking to him, he's like, I just been waiting for you. And he's been walking with you the whole entire time. So, so yes. That is so good. Wow. Yes. God is good. And <laughs> ultimately our hope is in him. He is, I mean, no law, no rule is going to change a sinner's heart. The only thing that can do that is Jesus. Um, yep. So he is our hope. He, he is our peace. He is our refuge. And um, he loves us so much. And we are all made in his image. Do you yeah, have anything you. else that you want to say? Um, honestly, I think you're doing a great job. And just like brave love. I think brave love is just talking to people. You know, yeah. just embracing everybody because like you said, he's made us so great, unique and amazing. It's a beautiful masterpiece. And you never get to know that masterpiece if you don't open your mouth and say something. Woo! Yes. So, so, so good. I am so glad that the first episode of Brave Love Podcast is with my dearest friend, <laughs> Danielle. Danielle, thank you so much for joining me um, and having a tough conversation. I feel like we displayed brave love by talking about things that make us uncomfortable, but also need to be talked about. So I just want to say thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thank you for listening and we will see you later. Bye.